0: This is Awareness Explorers.
1: Welcome back, friends and family, to Awareness Explorers. I'm your co-host, Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my friend, fellow explorer of the Inner Realms, and co-host.
0: Ryan Tom O'Connor.
1: And today we are going to be discussing finding your unique mission and what that feels like, what that entails, and everything around mission. But before we start that mission, I want to put a shout out to our Patreon supporters who make this podcast possible. And if you want to become a supporter and get a bunch of free stuff, blogs, meditations, and extra things from some of our guests, you can go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. So thank you for our supporters, and thank you for our new supporters. It's a great way to support not only us, but hopefully your own consciousness. With that said, our mission is to bring awakening techniques and ideas to you, and one of those ideas is how to set up your life and your experience of life where you feel like you are achieving a mission. And when we came up with this topic, Brian, what was the first thing that uh, crossed your mind?
0: Well, the first thing is that, while we're going to have another two-wing discussion, because I sort of automatically take the other wing, which is skeptical of topics like this, and say, yeah, but isn't this all future-based and separate self-based stuff? On the other hand, stuff that can make our lives better and smoother and more harmonious can't be a bad thing. And, you know, it it can be useful to come up with
1: the idea that there's different types of missions. You can have an awakening mission, which is very much focused on trying to be as awake as possible in every moment. That can be your mission. It need not be future-based. It could be service-based as well, which is another aspect of awakening. And it can also be less focused in what we might call awakening or service. It might be that you have a mission to get your business, which helps people out to a lot of people. So there's a spectrum of types of missions, but even if your mission is awakening-based or not awakening-based, I think that there's several ingredients that we can look at that can be helpful to people for creating that sense of purpose and mission. And, one thing I want to do is clarify what I think is a mission. I could say it really consists of four words, because when I feel aligned with a sense of mission, I, I came up with four words that go along with that. And one of those words is it feels transcendent, like it's something beyond just me. And that's one of the ingredients of our uh, call it mission cake that we're trying to bake up. Another aspect is that it feels purposeful. That's part of being a mission. And we all like to feel purpose and meaning in our lives. A third aspect is that it feels connected, meaning you're connecting usually with a sense of working together with other people. And the last part is that it feels deep. You know, life as we get it in the world now, is often superficial of a bunch of doings that we do that don't have any particular meaning. But when you're doing any sense of mission, it feels deep. So transcendent, purposeful, connected, and deep. What do you think of my my theory of how I describe what a sense of mission feels like?
0: That's a really good breakdown uh, and analysis of what makes up a mission or a purpose um but it doesn't remove my skepticism that these are concepts and steer our attention away from our true nature which is i think free of these concepts and and also when you talk about purpose where did this purpose come from is there some being outside of you that created a purpose for you or have or did you create it yourself or how does that work yeah, that's a good point. I think there's
1: once again there's always a spectrum like a continuum. On one side is I created a purpose. You know, I'm doing now these MDMA trainings and that feels very purposeful to me to train a bunch of people on how to do this specific type of therapy. People can find out about the MDMAtraining.net, but that's more of a personal sense of mission. But I've noticed that when I do a lot of awareness practices and I get in touch more and more consistently with my being, sometimes it feels like that leads to a sense of mission a purpose. It might be just to help the people around me, or it might be to notice that in a certain situation, this needs to get done. That feels like it comes more from outside of a personal me. What do you think of that?
0: yeah, i i I understand that. I can see that. Uh, it's very similar to the feeling that some artists get when creativity strikes and mm-hmm. they feel like they didn't make this up. It somehow came from something larger. And that's actually in keeping with my beliefs, although you know my beliefs, and uh, I forget how much it is to ride the subway these days two ninety five <laughs> something like that to get would we'll get you on the subway. But I just think that we think we're the doer, but it's the larger universe doing through us. And so whatever can sort of draw your attention to that, I think is is great,
1: yeah. I'm already starting to convince you, I got you a little bit off off the the uh narrow path here that that we can get this sense of purpose or mission either from inside of ourselves or kind of from the the larger nature of awareness. You know a lot of these gurus that I've talked to they they feel like they're always serving this bigger being you could call it God or your higher self or. Uh, our true nature. And I feel that sometimes. I'm wondering if you have that experience in both small or big moments.
0: Yeah, I do. And, uh, and I, I like the, the term you used, our mm-hmm. true nature, because of all the terms you use, that's the one that seems less to point to some entity other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. In other words, the universe is what's looking out through our eyes right now but it's just our local thoughts and imagination and personality and body that we take ourselves to be Mm -hmm. on the other hand i'm not a believer in this body does not exist i i think that there is a body it's just not our true identity and When you look at how this particular being, this body, mind, personality, interacts in the world, I think a wonderful mission and purpose is to interact with more harmony. And oddly enough, having a clear mission and goal is actually helpful to achieve what this body, mind, personality might want to in life. So from that wing of the plane, mission and purpose is really helpful to hone in on where you're going. From the other wing in the plane, we have to be careful that it doesn't reinforce the idea that we are the body, mind, personality, as opposed to the true nature of of universal awareness.
1: Yeah, well said. And it's good to clarify some of the advantages and disadvantages of having a a clear sense of mission. Uh, One of the advantages, as you said, is it tends to make people happier. I know it has for me, that you know, I have friends that really don't have any sense of clear purpose of what they're doing in their lives, and I've always had a little bit too much of that. You know, like let's go, baby, let's do this. You know, let's build a hospital, <laughs> let's do the MDMA training, let's you know create a podcast or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, I wish I could, you know, sell little bits of my overwhelming sense of mission that I tend to have, uh, and. Uh, it has made me happier. You know, it gets me up in the morning. It feels good when I accomplish something. Um, those are all important things. And when I've directed it in terms of, of like greater well awakening, you know, I wrote the book, the enlightenment project. It's all about my mission to get spiritual wisdom from various teachers and to disseminate it to a larger audience that all feels really good. And hopefully it's also doing some good in the world. And that those are some of the advantages because right now, a lot of people don't have a sense of meaning and this gives your 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 life more of a sense of meaning. But there's also disadvantages, as you said. And I, I'd like you to talk about what you see as, some of the potential disadvantages of having too much of a sense of mission?
0: Well, basically, our thinking minds are instruments to create distinctions between things. And as such, it is a filter between reality and ourselves. So it's a way of looking at the world and filtering it out based on certain concepts we have, like what our purpose is, what is the meaning, all of that stuff, when, if we really want to see true reality as it is, unfiltered, direct experience, letting go of concepts like meaning and purpose, I think is helpful. So that's what I think the drawbacks are. But I'm not the strict non-dualist that says the individual body-mind personality doesn't exist and should be denied, and, and you know, I believe in. I mean, I I got into this to be happy and to live harmoniously in the world with others. So when you talk about feeling good and doing good, I can't argue against those in any way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's also other drawbacks. You kind of mentioned that if you get too lost in the concept of you're doing something, you're doing good, you can burn out. You can miss a sacred moment right now because you're focused on getting somewhere other than what's happening. Well put. There's also, my old teacher used to point this out a lot. You can get a lot of what he calls self-importance, meaning, you know, like, I'm a good person doing good, and this is important, and don't get in my way. And it builds up kind of a spiritual ego, and uh, I've certainly experienced that. I see it in other people. It doesn't smell good, and it's a—it's certainly in the way of being a humble servant of now. Yes, and that's definitely a problem.
0: Well, that's a really good good drawback, and and I like that humble servant of now. And when I mentioned you know artists before, and I've had this experience, like for example, creating this podcast. You came to me several years ago with the idea of creating a podcast. I had no idea how to do it. Uh, So, you know, we did some research and we experimented and we did it and we put it on. After we've been doing it for a while, and this has happened, many projects that I've been involved with, I get this overwhelming sense that I didn't do it, Mm -hmm. that it just Mm -hmm. sort of happened. It just sort of happened through me. And yet from a practical sense if i didn't have a vision of succeeding at it it might not have happened
2: mm-hmm. so
0: it's a it's a it's a delicate sort of balance between having a vision and allowing the universe to work through you and letting go of that oh this is me aren't i great concept that you talked about just now
1: yeah, that doesn't help at all you know for on a practical level, when I help people define a sense of mission for them because uh, as a psychotherapist that comes up a lot and I do help people with that, you know I ask them certain questions like first of all what what really stirs your heart you know uh, what what do you feel passionate about what's your gift what are some of your gifts so for me, you know, example, I'm now teaching people how to do this uh, MDMA therapy. That has been, you know, I, I loved the medicine. It affected me in my life. I saw that I had the gift to teach and I have a passion for it. And when I help people in this way, it feels alivening. Now, that might be true for you in helping dogs or climate change or But it should be something slightly beyond just satisfying your own personal ego gratification. Uh, For you, Brian, you are very much into creating and disseminating methods of awakening. So you could say, though you may not want to, that you have a mission. And it feels good when you are doing that.
0: Right. But I I don't think of it as a mission because a mission sounds like something... That was that some entity outside of me asked me to do, and that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't doesn't feel right in my experience. A guiding principle, however, you know, and maybe this is just simply semantics, but I I I think the thing that what in all of what you just said that struck me as the most true was when you talk about gifts, because. There's this paradox with non-duality. When you start to let go of trying to control and fix yourself and the world, then things start to relax and there are actual unique gifts in each individual body, mind, personality that can be allowed to flourish. So the paradox is you let go of this idea of me being something special or this body-mind being the true me at all, and paradoxically, you allow the individual unique gifts to flourish, and that can become what you might call a mission or a purpose, or I just call it being free to share your gifts with the world.
1: Yeah, I think that's a beautiful way of putting it, and and complementary and aligned with how I look at it as well. That there's been studies that show that if you want to be happy at work, the key is to find out what your gifts are and use it in that in your work. So uh, everybody has some unique gift. It might be kindness. It might be that you're good with numbers. It might be that you have a bigger picture. It might be that you work well with other people. It might be that you have a passion for kids or animals. But once you are in touch with your gifts, and I notice that a lot of people really don't know what they are for themselves. You know, two things are blind to us, our shortcomings and our gifts. And I tell people, if you want to know what your gifts are, ask your friends. and And ask several of them, and they will likely come up with similar things. You know, it's interesting. I used to think that my gifts were one thing. And then when I asked my friends what my gifts were, uh, like five or six of them, they all said the same thing. It was different than what I thought. And then I started to see it because they had pointed me towards it. So it can be a very interesting experience to get a handle on what other people think are your innate gifts. And, you know, uh, uh, as far as you go, Brian, you are Extremely good. It just comes out of you to come up with techniques for awakening that are are like games like and and your books certainly reflect that.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's true, and I think that we need to oh. honor our gifts. And yes, it's also true that sometimes we don't see them ourselves, and or when we hear another person say, oh, you're gifted in this way, and you stop and think and said, oh, yeah, that's true. I remember one time years ago, I was reading some book about that had a little test in it to find out what your, what your gifts are. I'm not sure they use the word gifts. Maybe they use talents or abilities and, or qualities. And I took this test, and the number one thing that it said I was the best at was appreciation. Hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is so true. In other words, one of the joys of life for me is appreciating human creativity, the creativity of other people's looking at art, listening to music, looking in someone who designs a a shop window or or has come up with a a great scientific uh, theory, whatever. I just appreciate that. And so I realized, so as soon as I realized that that was a gift the pressure came off to try and accomplish the things that I thought were the gifts. you know, like like all the stuff about being successful, so-called, in a career, were all things that were leading me in a direction that wasn't natural to my my gifts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I sort of eased up on them. And then I found, oh, what life had in store for me. And there I go contradicting myself. It sounds like an outside entity (laughs) has something in store for me. But but there's just a natural harmony with reality that exists when you're not resisting and you're allowing. And knowing what your natural gifts are can help with that. And you're not so much thinking what they should be.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's well said. Personally, I found, when I asked my friends what my gifts, were, they all said that taking complicated psychological and spiritual ideas and methods and simplifying them. And so my books are like that. That's how I speak in seminars. Hopefully our listeners sense that. And it's not something that like I have to work at. It's like, I can't not do it, you know? uh, It just comes out of me and it's not an effort. You know, I tell people, I write my books generally in like a week or less, and people are amazed. Well, for me, it's like taking dictation. You know, I just hear this voice in my head and it comes out clearly, it comes out in this simplifying manner and I can't not do that. So that I would call as a gift. It's not something quote I am doing. It's something that comes through this particular body mind. And I think everybody has something like that. Uh, sometimes it's rewarded by society and and money. And sometimes it's not like your appreciation. You know, it's not like people are saying, Hey, he really appreciated that window display. Let's let's give him a, a thousand bucks. But it's certainly adds to the quality of your life.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And I totally agree with you that that, that mm-hmm. you do have a gift of taking complicated psychological and spiritual concepts and explaining them simply and that it flows out of you. I mean, that's, it's, it's in your nature to do so. And some people feel that it's egotistical or, or some people are afraid of criticism. And my favorite piece of advice about this was uh, my mom had a friend named eric Devine who was an actor who has sadly left us but he used to sign every email he wrote with this quote who are you not to be fabulous
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: and i i always i always loved that because it undercuts the idea that somehow we control what our gifts and abilities are, that we somehow have to be a certain way or that we have to somehow be humble and modest in ways that are insincere. If you have a talent, if you have a gift, share it with the world.
1: Yeah, I remember I was watching an interview with Paul McCartney uh, with uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, Stephen Colbert asked him, so how, how do you do this? How do you, you know, you're the greatest songwriter of all time. How do you do this? And, you know, Paul went into how he was brought up in a musical family. And then, of course, uh, he met John Lennon and, you know, all these good things happened that led to something. And then at the end, he said, and I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, all those ingredients did have to happen, and there was something that just comes yes, through. You yes, yes,
0: and, 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 and it's true, and it's uh-huh. true, and you can be a genius, and you can know you're a genius. Unfortunately, there are a few people in the public sphere who think they're geniuses and aren't. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that
1: also, I think, helps to align with a sense of mission is to actually define it for yourself, even if it's not perfect. You know, like, When I was 17, I think I said, oh, I'm going to create a sense of mission. And I said, my mission is to find really good methods that can help me get out of pain and hopefully help others as well. And that's maintained basically being my sense of mission. And it has flowed in different directions at different times. But having that clearly defined actually was very useful in me getting into that space and aligning with it and seeing that yeah that felt right so i would encourage people to you know try to create a sense of mission they can just say my sense of mission i mean make it up play with it it doesn't have to be a heavy thing it's not like you're defining yourself in a way that you can't redefine but it might be helpful to say what 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 is your pretended sense of mission right now that feels good to you that feels in alignment with who you are or who you want to be. Another thing that I think helps is listening to your intuition, you know, getting quiet and feeling what is really deeply in you. um, and, And being able to let go of your ideas and instead become aware of what gifts have helped you to serve other people. I remember the story I read, a great book by a guy named Larry Brilliant, Dr. Larry Brilliant. I think it's called Sometimes Brilliant. And he was a guy who worked with Ramdas's guru, Neem Karoli Baba. And uh, Neem Karoli Baba said, your job is to become a UN doctor to end smallpox on the planet. And he was not interested in that and didn't know anything about smallpox and and wasn't a UN doctor mm-hmm. but his his guru said no I'm, I'm clear that that's your mission and long story short he ended up being hired by the UN became head of the smallpox eradication and over time eliminated smallpox on the planet him wow. and of course all the people were working under him sure. and it it looked He didn't see it, but when his guru defined it for him, all these things, synchronous events started happening that led to that experience. And I think one of the benefits of having a sense of mission or knowing what it is, is you start to see, it almost looks like the universe is helping you to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that you have grace or, or, or synchronous events that seem to move you in a certain direction.
0: Yeah, it seems to be absolutely true from a practical standpoint, how to live life, that a clear clear sense of of mission or goal, or if you prefer, guiding principle, Mm -hmm. helps, I mean, there's no no question, there's no question, and, and I'm not arguing against that whatsoever. However, I do think that that is the horse that drives your chariot, but you might need some reins, and, and maybe this is also self-contradictory because I always, I always am a proponent of giving up control. <laughs> and so this does seem contradictory to that. But while you are serving your purpose and mission, you n- must keep one eye on whether or not your mind is completely and only involved in the future uh-huh. or the past and not directly experiencing the present unfiltered by concepts and i think that in our two wing analogy that the mission is one wing and the allowing yourself to have direct experience of the present unfiltered is the other wing i think if you have both that can lead to um a very harmonious and deep and fruitful life
1: i agree that's that's the ideal and it's hard to achieve but when you do achieve that you have those moments of what i call tpcd tpcd is transcendent purposeful connected depth and I, I noticed that that's often a descri- a good forward description of what I most want in life. You know, once you have the the security and the other things on the Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, we're looking for a certain experience of life. and And you know, we can have pleasure and we can have good times. But the deepest, most wonderful peak moments of life have that sense of transcendence. Purposeful, connected, depth. And by defining what I'm after, it's easier to hit that target. Mm -hmm. If you don't define it, if you don't define your mission, if you don't define the experience you're after, it's easy to miss it. There's certainly enough distractions in the world to easily miss it. Yep. Something, you know, I was in a spiritual group for 26 years and we would take on certain projects like building a hospital or building a school or a house. And uh, in our best moments, we would experience that sense of connectedness, working together towards a purpose, and it would be really beautiful. And there was a lot to learn from that, especially when we were doing it for other people, that it, it brought a depth and a beauty of like we're serving something bigger than ourselves. And I think that's something that's missing from a lot of people's lives now. You know, I, I currently um, go to uh, prisons once a week and teach meditation. And when I when that comes out or people ask me about, you know, they're often like, why do you do that? And I say, well, I'm very selfish and I love the experience. <laughs> you know, because the experience besides that feels good to me is it feels like I'm part of serving something, serving a cause, we'll call it. And I think that's a key ingredient that or vitamin that human beings need to really thrive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so interesting that, that the way you, you put it, it reminded me of a friend I used to have when I worked in the corporate world. He was a really good guy and a wonderful father and husband and good co-worker, too. And I once asked him what his guiding principle was, and he said, do good, get good. Uh-huh. And, and there is a certain selfishness in that. In other words, it feels good to do good for others. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of selfishness because it's not it's not a a, um, what do they call it is is a zero-sum game is that the correct um, term yeah Uh is that when you think that zero-sum when you think that if you if if you get something other people have to lose something
1: yeah
0: yeah so when you let go of that concept that that there's a limited amount of happiness joy and love and you have to take away from others to get some from yourself. When you realize that when you give it to others, it overflows and, and just naturally uh, increases for yourself exponentially. That would be a great mission or guiding principle.
1: Mm-hmm. Think of when one cell in our body is not aware of or serving the bigger body, the bigger being. We call that cancer. And uh, when we are not aware that we're part of a bigger body, call it the body of humanity or awareness or whatever you want to call it, our lives can shrivel up and die. And yet when when you do feel like you are one cell in a bigger body, there's something about that that feels really good. And that's why so many spiritual teachers say service needs to be part of your path because then you can have that experience that takes you out of the the looping, individualistic mind that is so easy to get caught up in.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I never really thought of it that way, but um, it it does ring a bell. It seems true to me. Mm -hmm. So mission
1: is one way to tap into that. And some of the techniques we talk about is another way. And Meditation and uh, just having a, a, looking out and seeing what's needed in the moment. Uh, those are all different aspects of, of creating a sense of mission. And I'm wondering if there's any final thoughts you have before I lead a guided meditation.
0: No, it seems like in this moment, that's what's called for.
1: Well, you have already figured out how to tune into a sense of mission, Brian. I'm proud of you. I knew we'd come together. <laughs> feels good. Yeah. So if you're ready to uh, explore this a little bit more in a meditation, find a comfortable place, and get ready to help connect with a sense of mission and perhaps set a sense of intention for the new year. Close your eyes if you can, take a deep breath,
2: and exhale slowly,
1: and you can continue by bringing your awareness to your breath, inhaling deeply through your nose,
2: filling your lungs with fresh air, and then exhaling
1: slowly and completely. I'd like you to begin by taking a moment to reflect on a time in your life when you felt a strong sense of mission or purpose. It could be a time when you achieved something personally, a time when you were of service, or a time when you felt deeply connected to something greater than yourself. But try to remember one specific time like that, if you can. Take your time. As best you can, visualize that experience or that moment and let the emotions emotions associated with it just kind of wash over you and give you some time for you to do that.
2: As you recall this
1: mission, moment, or experience, allow the emotions and sensations associated with it to fill your entire being. Feel the warmth, the enthusiasm, and that
2: sense of purpose. And let that feeling radiate through every cell in your body. as best you can, fully embody this sense of mission, whatever it is. Now with this feeling in your
1: heart, think about your upcoming year. What is a mission or intention or purpose that resonates with you
2: for the new year?
1: It could be related to personal growth or relationships or awakening, career, or contributing to a cause. Take some time to see if anything pops up for you.
2: Hopefully choose something that genuinely inspires and excites you.
1: You can fill in the sentence, my mission for this year is to what? What you come up with need not be perfect since any sense of mission or purpose is better than none. So that being said, once again, your mission or intention or focus
2: for this year is to what?
1: Vividly imagine yourself living out this mission in the coming year. Picture the moments, the achievements, or the feeling of purpose and the positive impact you can have.
2: Imagine the journey unfolding before you.
1: And embrace the emotions associated with achieving or being aligned with your mission. With your chosen mission in mind, ask yourself, what steps can I take to further this mission? And listen to your inner guidance. What resources, skills, or support do you need?
2: What steps can you take to further this mission? Now,
1: you can repeat an affirmation related to your mission. For example, I am aligned with my mission, or some similar phrase. Repeat your phrase a couple of times to yourself. That helps you feel aligned with your mission. And you can take this sense of mission with you into the new year, knowing that you have the power to create change in your life and the world around you. And you can feel gratitude for the clarity and inspiration you've received during this meditation.
2: Now slowly bring your awareness back to the present moment. Wiggling your fingers and toes, and when you're ready, very slowly and gently, open your eyes. Thank you for that.
1: I always Thank. like watching you when you uh, when I guide a meditation. You you're the best audience possible, Brian. Uh, you always look like you're enjoying it.
0: I do enjoy it because it it it. It points me within, Mm -hmm. which is where happiness lives, at least for me. Yeah. But interestingly enough, I, I, rightly or wrongly, I was not able to limit this to one mission. Uh, An inner mission and an outward in the world mission appeared. That's
1: a good way of putting it. I like that, to have an inner and outer mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they... They overlap, but they are distinct.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. So okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I didn't to, do it wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to charge you for the extra mission. <laughs> you, know, you, you get one free, but every other one is, is you know, it's just in 1995 to my address. Well, no, you, um, you're uh, not gonna no, talk me out of it
0: with that anyway. okay okay you
1: know and and you know we have a sense of mission joint mission and joining up with other people to create a sense of joint mission is really a wonderful experience and if you haven't done that uh, you can do it at work but it might be your passion to join up with other people and find something that inspires you that helps people and pass it on
0: yep I used to sign emails. I hope this helps. And I sincerely mean it here. I hope this helps. Yeah, yeah. A
1: well, great exploration, Brian. And thank you, our listeners. If you like this stuff, tell other people about it and create an orbit around yourself of other people exploring these ideas and methods. And we will see you next time. Till then, keep exploring.
0: Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.